Hey guys, it's Danny K. Just doing some pre-show housekeeping for you guys on the audio feed. Uh, letting you know about a couple things that we have going on right now. We still have a Twitter, NTN Pod on Twitter. You can go ahead and follow us there. Keep up with everyone uh, when we're going live and stuff like that. You guys can also check us all out on our Twitch channels. Slash Danny K, Ren147, and of course, Spectissa. All of us are there on the Twitch. I'm hoping soon that we'll be up on Spotify should be in the next week or two go ahead and subscribe to us on youtube we would really appreciate that it's just another place you guys can watch us oh and if you have suggestions for guests let us know it's always great to have more people on the show and we'd like to know who you guys like the best go ahead and drop us a name on twitter or on the youtube comments or come into my stream and let me know anyways here's the show guys Hello everybody, welcome to Next to Nothing. I should be heard and be able to hear my partners in crime. Hello. Hi. Alright, now let me change my cam. There we go. Guys, we are set. We are set up. Welcome to Next to Nothing, the podcast produced live on twitch.tv slash nek and it shows <laughs> <laughs> and it very much shows um we tell you what games are worth wasting your time on and not your money and we talk about gaming related topics and other things as well um i'm gonna let my guests or my my guests my lovely and talented co-hosts uh introduce themselves and we'll get into it here hi i'm a weekly guest and by a weekly guest i mean a co-host <laughs> um i'm ren uh, i'm bad at games um yeah hi hello <laughs> well oh <my> God. <laughs> that's a hard act to follow um yeah. <laughs> i know <laughs> well i'm spec as i i think we say every week i am also bad at games um i i also stream on the twitch and yeah Hi. <laughs> I don't think any of us are good at games. Can, no. You guys say that's you know, why we talk about them instead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. We we know we're bad at games, and we know games are bad. That's our shtick, I believe. Um. So yeah, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great, dude. I'm it's, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a bit. I'm like, I'm still trying to like get reaccustomed to the whole. We're in a podcast thing. <laughs> that podcast life is hard, isn't it? Yeah, dude. It's like next level. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I've just been, I've felt a little off the last couple of days. Like, just mm -hmm. because I've been so tired. I had such a busy, busy week or weekend, yeah. I should say. And so I'm like, oh, God, I have more things to do. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah this is one of no. them and i thought and i totally forgot to uh do any sort of game so we're gonna talk about a mm -hmm. couple other topics but that's gonna come later dude i'm down later i'm so down Spec, do you have anything to add uh no hi it i feel i feel you on the being tired and just having a crazy week I, i've just mm -hmm. i've talked to a lot of people and everyone seems to be just needing like mental health days and everyone needs a break i don't know if there's something in the water but I don't Dude, know. I sleep yeah. for like a week. Me too. <laughs> That'd be glorious. Okay. So, guess we'll let uh, Ren start it up. Dude, absolutely. I'm so down. Are you ready? I am ready. I'm okay. so ready. All right. 
Hi, uh, I played Shovel Knight. Um, that game is dope. Uh, I'm going to turn myself off so that way I can actually like talk without hearing myself. Uh, <laughs> Shovel Knight's a 2D platformer. Um, it's kind of based a relatively loosely off of a lot of other like platforming games and other like old retro games of the time so like zelda 2 mega man ducktales it's all kind of based off that like era of style it's an 8-bit like platformer but they use like specialized colors and stuff like that it's not like true 8-bit where it's like they're only using like set colors um this game is super great honestly it's really good um it comes in, like, two different, like, sets, so you can buy, like, the Treasure Trove, which is actually, it's more than just this game on its own. It's actually, I think it's, like, four games. There's three games released right now, and there's another one coming, and that's, like, $20. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also buy each game, like, separately. I believe it's for about 10 Um This game is really good, though. It actually has a lot of content, a lot more than really, like, shows. Um, the gameplay is relatively simplistic, but it's like don't take that as just being easy like there's certain like bosses because this is Mega Man styled it's going to be having like all sorts of different types of bosses but in the same way of like Super Mario World where you're like making progress through like different stages the bosses get harder in like each stage so you'll have like a section of like three bosses per set of areas um the first bosses are, like, fairly simple, and then the second ones get, like, really... They get a lot harder, and then the third ones are really difficult. But, yeah, so this boss right here, this is King Knight. He's basically, like, a really simplistic boss. He's what your... He's, like, your standard real starter boss. Um, they all have really, like, distinct personalities, too, which is really interesting. And since this... It's a game based off of, like, that time, but it's not necessarily, like, taking itself super seriously. I mean, it's a knight that runs around with a shovel <laughs> and gives shovel justice. That's that's what he does. So, like, the, uh, the set of bosses is called the Order of No Quarter because... Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I found this game to be really good. And, like, it looks, like, off the like base premise of it it looks like it lacks content but there's really a lot like into it there's a new game plus option there's a challenge mode section where like you can fight all the bosses in like a time trial set and you get limited to like an amount of like health that you have and amount of moves um there's a lot of replay value to it too just because of like having that new game plus and in each map there's also upgrades that you can like buy and purchase um those all get carried with you. So, like, opportunities that you have to, like, progress the map in one way aren't available until you get those items. And I believe that the the videos that we're showing right now are basically, like, displaying all of the bosses themselves. They're all, like, very, like, personalized. None of them really look or act the same way at all. They're all really, really diverse. Mm-hmm. So I found this game to be really really good if you're interested in like a game that's like Mega Man or DuckTales or anything along that era. If you're interested in anything along those era, I would definitely recommend it. Honestly, let's see if I have it with me. I don't know if I do. I have an amiibo of Shovel Knight like that I actually own because I actually really like this game so much. Get it, I know get that it. I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll find it somewhere. It's somewhere <laughs> right here, I swear. <laughs> but like, oh my gosh. Um, I have no idea where it's... Oh, it's right here. I'm an idiot. 
Okay. Hi. It's right here. It's this guy. Yeah, this game is super good, though. Um, it was initially like a Kickstarter campaign game, mm -hmm. and that's why they um, are releasing like so many sets of games with it. So anybody that initially bought it like off the start, they're getting all of these like extra games for free. And also these games themselves, I'm kind of talking about like the Treasure Trove Edition, which is like $20, which is kind of like stepping the bounds a bit. But honestly, all of the like titles in it. So like there's Plague Knight, there's um, Spectre Knight, and then there's Shovel Knight that you all play as. Essentially, you play as like different bosses. So like this boss that we just watched die, this is actually like a character boss that you'll play in another game. And, like, he has, like, his entire own plot line as to why he's here and stuff like that. There's actually, like, a lot of, like, background lore that, like, gets put into the details in, like, each of these games. This is Plague Knight. He's another one of the, like, bosses that you'll play as. Mm -hmm. And they really mix up, like, the gameplay itself in, like, each of these games, too. So it's, like, for example, in Shovel Knight, the gameplay is relatively static. It's, you can swing... You can downswing and you can jump. Those are like your main three moves. There's a little bit of like leeway as to like charges and stuff like that that you can do. But like if you look at Plague Knight's moves right now, they're all very diverse. Like he has like an ability to create things and like he throws bombs and like the bombs themselves will like spew into fire and stuff like that. Like he has like his own entirely different like move set and things like that. I found this game to be like really honestly it's really worth the price of $20 if you're going to buy it as a uh, treasure trove edition. I can understand if you're not like super like interested in the prospect of it and instead want to just like buy a single like game just because it's cheaper. Um honestly they're all really good purchases. They really are. Um particularly like Shovel Knight tries to go relatively lightly on like depth and having like a really interesting story but it does still have one plague knight inspector knight though they have like really like oddly super interesting background stories about like why they are the way they are and things like that mm -hmm. so like plague knight for example is like a madman so you actually find out why he's like absolutely crazy and like there's like a weird romantic twist into it it's super weird but it's super <laughs> cool um also, in these other games, you actually fight Shovel Knight, which is, like, the main character of the main game itself, too. And this right here, this is, like, a side boss. So, I believe in, like, if I remember right, I think in, like, um, Super Mario World, there was, like, little Radiant. I'm not, I'm gonna say Radiant, but it was, like, traveling, like, enemies that were mm -hmm. on the screen. This is kind of like that. So, like, there's actually a map that shows up. And these guys are around the map, and you can actually, like, choose to ignore them or choose to fight them. It's kind of, like, relatively optional. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of, like, in-depth content to this, too. And I believe it's open on... I know it's open on Switch, and I believe if you play it on Switch, there's, like, free DLC to fight the Battletoads <laughs> into it, too. Battle like, they actually... <laughs> yeah. So that's that was like a thing that I did not expect to see at all. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend picking up this game at like a $10 price tag easily. And yeah. like the soundtrack itself, honestly, the soundtrack itself is probably like really worth it. If you're interested in like that type of music, like that 8-bit theme, 
because it's all like really it's all personalized and it all like fits the theme of like each section it doesn't ever like feel off like in some games do mm-hmm. but yeah yeah if you have any questions feel free to ask i've just been kind of rambling <laughs> no it's good so this game is four years old do you know when it it came out june mm-hmm. of 2014 yeah, yeah june 2014 is it still worth the price yes is it, is it the same price still I believe out. initially when it came out, it was $15. Okay. Um, and that was just for like this game because they didn't have any of the other games made at mm-hmm. the time when they started like throwing in more and more games. I believe after they threw in the Spectre Knight campaign, which is like the third campaign, they decided to split it up into like separate games or you could buy like the group. So okay. instead of it being $15 for just, it would be like $15 before for like, Shovel Knight and uh, Plague Knight okay. like game. But instead, it's like $10 each. Mm-hmm. Or you can buy, I think it's like 20 to $25 for the Trove, which is going to include the fourth game, too, whenever that comes out, which probably, honestly, is probably going to be like early next year, is my guess. Mm-hmm. They've been like fairly consistent with the releases, and I'm not sure. Like, I don't believe they're going to just like flake out on it and just yeah. not release it. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, the price has changed, but it's changed to be more, like, relatively consumer-friendly. Mm-hmm. Unless if for some reason you want to buy all three games separately, which would be kind of weird. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say it's worth it at the price, for sure. Okay. And then I'm seeing it on a bunch of systems. Would you say yes. this is some, this would be one, like, when a new generation comes out, mm-hmm. would this be a game... If it's ported over, would you pick this up again? Or would you just For keep min- it on your... I would definitely see it, like... In terms of it even, like, maybe being, like, ported over, maybe not, because it is an indie game, and a lot of indie games tend to not get ported over on, like, mm-hmm. next-gen systems and things like that. I definitely see this one being, like, picked up on any Nintendo platform. Because I believe Nintendo, like, because it was, like, this pixelated game, they were just, like we need this like this is like easy money all we have to do is just take it yeah. so yeah it's Six. definitely gonna be ported over they have it, over they have on, it on the wii u the 3ds platform. and the switch yeah yeah um yeah i i probably wouldn't pick it up on actually no i probably would i guess it depends on your situation because this game i didn't i forgot to talk about it because i played on steam mm. um this game also has a couch co-op so, like, if you want to play it with a friend or something like that, playing it on console is probably your best bet. Um, in terms of next-gen systems, it probably won't get released on next-gen. But that being said, I, I could see it being released definitely on any next-gen Nintendo system. And it's always on Steam. Yeah. So that that's where I'm at on that. But in terms of, like, a new Xbox or a new, like, PlayStation, probably not. So you think it would be pretty uh, smooth to play on the Switch because I just yes. got a Switch this week, so I'm kind of looking for games. <laughs> yeah, for absolutely. It. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I would 100% like recommend this on Switch. I personally don't even have a Switch. I was using a PlayStation controller when I played it. Um, but yeah, it feels really good. Like the controls, I'm not gonna say they're super tight because they're not meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like they're relatively tight. They feel they feel fine. 
it's not like it, they're too loose to the point where like you don't feel like you have control right but it's like it's relatively like smooth motion where you have to like kind of get used to like the feel just a mm -hmm. little bit um but yeah in terms of like controller like handling i would say it's great honestly Sweet. okay yeah. um and I, I was just looking through the platforms Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, Windows, 3DS, Switch, OS X, Linux, PS3, 4, PlayStation Vita, X, uh, Wii U, and Xbox One. I also noticed mm -hmm. the Amazon Fire TV has a port of this. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. What? <laughs> what? I've never used an Amazon Fire TV, but I, I can only imagine that its remote <laughs> would be something similar to that of a Roku or a, a Apple remote. Yeah, that I actually have an Amazon Fire TV. I actually do have one. No. So <laughs> I've never even thought about playing it on that. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. That's where I'd be at on that spectrum. Probably what, wouldn't. What does the remote look like for that? It's it's tiny. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I have one not too. It's like this out. big. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. No, I have a Roku and the Roku remote is like that. Yeah, so, no, yeah. it's it's pretty much that. Yeah, I will. No, no, I wouldn't recommend it. Please don't. <laughs> I think you'd be better off playing uh, Skyrim on Alexa. Oh, God. I think that would be your better move, honestly. Or on one of those, like, smart refrigerators. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, oh, I, man. I'm surprised. Not that it would be, like, a, I can definitely tell this would not be a good game to play on the, this particular platform, but I'm surprised it's not. Uh, uh -huh. iOS and Android yeah you know there's actually a lot of games that i feel like should end up getting a port to like mobile there's a lot of games that i think that should because they don't really rely on like a lot of uh like controller movement or stuff like that with a game like this i understand just because like it is it's in that Mega Man theme where like you need to be precise with your movements or you're just gonna die yeah um but i agree yeah i honestly agree i feel like there's a lot of like mobile or a lot of games specifically that could be ported to mobile easily that just get missed out on. Yeah. I guess, I mean, this definitely would not be a good game on that. That'd be frustrating as well. Yeah. Just, <laughs> but it just, the fact that it wasn't there surprised me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I think you can get like the little Bluetooth controllers and stuff like that. I have a buddy. That oh yeah, has, for sure. That has one that's literally like on a keychain. It's like that big mm -hmm. that he uses for his, uh, Android device or, yeah, oh, okay, I got you. Device. Yeah, but I mean, also, that could be cool. He works at a cell phone store, so he has all, like, these useless little... Oh, he has access you. to a bunch of, like, useless gadgets. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, oh, it was like, with my discount, it was like $25. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Just a little Bluetooth keyboard, or, you know, Bluetooth uh, keychain game controller. Why not? Okay. It's but, a cool idea, though. Yeah, I yeah couldn't but yeah, works. without something like that, I couldn't imagine this game on mobile being any. Yeah, all. yeah, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> other than that, like, have you done like the speed running and stuff like that, or? So, there there is an achievement like section, and one of the achievements is for speed running. Mm -hmm. I used to play this game a lot in the past, yeah. and uh, I think the average amount of gameplay that you get out of like the single game. Because when I played it last night, I finished it last night, but I have a lot of experience with it. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, like, too bad. Um, I think it's, like, 10 hours. It's not, like, super long. It's relatively, like, short-ish game. Yeah. But um, 
with like the replay value you kind of just make up the amount of time that you want to play it um but yeah i did try to like go for it before i think the fastest i ever finished it was like an hour and 50. Oh, wow. and uh yeah it's super fun like it definitely has a lot of uh speed run like specific things in it mm-hmm. like the speed run for it is actually really interesting um but yeah yeah that's that's pretty much it yeah cool uh spec did you have any questions uh no not really i'm definitely going to pick this up for my switch though because i i like knights you know obviously my (laughs) channel's all night themed so i'm actually kind of shocked that i haven't really heard much about this game prior to this yeah Um, um back when it was initially like released because this is like a few years later i was getting a lot of like game of the year re- like mm-hmm. reviews from like mm-hmm. a lot of people so i could definitely understand how it'd be missed like now for sure like 100 yeah. percent um back in like 2014 or 2015 though it was getting a lot of like really good press mm-hmm. but uh so yeah so what i'm understanding is if you know you're looking for something new Wall's a little thin. This would probably be the thing to pick up if you missed it when it first came around. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Cool. 100%. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Anything else on this on this particular topic? Or are we going to move on? I think I think we're good. Yeah, I can't I'm think good. Of anything off the top of my head. Okay. Well, Spec, why don't you talk about uh, what you were playing around with? Well, um, this isn't really a game. And also, I noticed that did just get raided by O Black Betty. <laughs> oh, did we? By the way, yeah, for the party of four. Wow. Hi guys. Hi. <laughs> um, this isn't a game, but it is honestly an amazing tool, and it is available on Steam. So I thought it kind of was involved under this whole umbrella. <laughs> um, I've only had this for a couple months, um, but I am really, really loving it. Um. Pretty much uh, if you are in, interested in game dev or animation whatsoever, this is an amazing tool to learn the basics of animation. Like It's kind of like a step up from MS Paint when you're getting into digital art. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's currently uh, about $15 on Steam, and I... I'm sure you could probably get it off of Steam, but I got it. I'm seeing it like on the acebright.org there, but I got it on Steam, same price. Um, and pretty much it's just a basic 8-bit or 16-bit pixel um, animation software. And this was actually the first um, software that I've ever used to animate. It's kind of been a tool that's kind of made me get interested in learning 2D animation, not on the pixel level. Um, and so pretty much within picking this up, within a week, I was able to come up with about, I'd say about five different complete sprite sheets, uh, four different characters for game dev purposes that are totally ready just to plug into like Unity or something for use. And that was like my first time doing pixel art. So, um, you know, there it's, it's really, really simple, but at the same time, this program has a lot of, um, tools that I wish some of my more expensive art uh, programs had. Like, for example, there's, um, I don't know, it kind of uses transparency and it's called onion skin uh, Mm -hmm. for animation a little bit. It's a little bit clearer. 
and it might be just because it's on the pixel level but for me i absolutely love it um so yeah i don't really have like a, too terribly much to say about this other than if you're looking at um, like starting your own game dev project and you don't really want to outsource for your art, this is an amazing tool just to make really simple character designs yourself. Um, I've, oh gosh, like I said, I, I spent like probably upwards of, oh geez, I don't know. I guess I could technically check my playtime, but I've spent a lot of time in this program, um, even though like I'm still learning it myself. Um, I'm actually currently, I was going to do a 2D game but actually i'm probably playing around with this a little bit this week i'm probably going to switch to a bit more of an 8-bit style game so yeah i don't know if y'all have any questions or if this is even something that would be worth your time since i don't know if you guys are really interested in game dev or animation but it's well, kind of is opening up a door to game dev stuff <laughs> um <clears throat> so i do have a question about this yeah so you said, you know, you do the animation and stuff with this. Right. Excuse me. Is this... Where does this compare to the video capacities of Photoshop? Because you can well, create a timeline in Photoshop and, and do animation in that. Right. And actually, I'm just... I just got Photoshop, like, a couple weeks ago, and I'm mm -hmm. learning it. And... I'm still having major issues with Photoshop. You can kind of see the timeline down here is very similar to the one in Photoshop. Mm -hmm. And this has kind of been a very training wheels program for me to learn animation because everything is so straightforward. There isn't as many bells and whistles, mm -hmm. but you know, that's good because you're not paying a lot for it. Yeah. Um, and I know uh, professionals who, you know, work on games and they still use this over some more expensive programs just for the basis of 8-bit animation because it's fast and it's it's all you really need for something like this right mm -hmm. so um you know like, like that's that's kind of like a good way to put it it's kind of like almost like a training wheels or you know i'm still trying to figure out photoshop but just to get the like understand how a timeline works or how layers work and just kind of get the basic movement of something it's it's a good program to just play around with so mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, it definitely seems really like helpful, especially if you're going to be doing anything pixelated whatsoever, because right. in terms of like using GIMP or Photoshop like that, if you're getting into it, it's really hard to learn just like right off the start if you're not like familiar with it. Mm -hmm. So like something like this, where it's relatively simplistic and like everything's pretty laid out, like you, even if you don't really know what you're doing, you can kind of just like figure it out and like it's not super bad. So I could definitely right. see this being helpful for like people that don't want to spend like hours <laughs> in yeah. Photoshop yeah. trying to learn it because I know for like certain things that I've tried to do, I had to like learn hours upon hours of random Photoshop and GIMP stuff to just like try to learn. And something simple like this can probably make it like 10 minutes. Right. And um, this is actually what I also use to do um, pixelated Twitch alerts because you can export it as like numerous different things. And you can also, I'm pretty sure, save it as a file where you can import it back into Photoshop and mess around with it a little bit more in there. Mm -hmm. I haven't tried that because Photoshop scares me still. Uh, <laughs> but another really cool, um, like I think this is honestly kind of specifically made for like game dev purposes because you can, um, a lot of times like 
when doing game dev stuff, you have to like make a sprite sheet for reference and you can actually just go ahead and export that. Um, it does, it makes it completely for you. I don't know if they're going to actually do that in this one. Cause I see they only made one frame of animation, but, um, yeah, just like with a couple of clicks, it goes ahead and makes that for you. So you can import it into a lot of different programs. So, yeah. How effective, this is just a random question. How effective mm -hmm. is the, uh, animation preview? Like, um, is it relatively simple or does it actually have like some controls and like? Well, you can pretty much make however many frames you want. And okay. then you can go into the frame property and it has stuff like, um, it kind of tells you how many frames you have and what number of the frame that you're on. And then you can actually change the duration of each individual frame. Usually I just make all of them the same length. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, but the first i think it's like set on like 100 milliseconds uh as the mm -hmm. default and i usually find that to be pretty fast so i usually slow it down to two or three hundred for my purposes okay all right yeah gotcha what yeah I mean, it definitely it... seems oh sorry go ahead oh it's good does it give you full control can you do like 60 frames a second can you do or set it to 29.9 frames a second or higher uh than you know 60 like how much control um, does it give you over the frame you know the the composition well, of the animation um it pretty much gives you full control because it's like i said it's really simplistic so like if you open up the frame properties it literally is just like duration in milliseconds and then there's a box that you can type in and the default's 100 mm -hmm. so you can make it one millisecond to a thousand milliseconds you know yeah there's there's it popped up right there so um yeah, so you can pretty much change that and have control down to a millisecond. So that's pretty, <laughs> I don't know why you would really need it more than that. Right. Yeah. No, I just like having control. Because, you know, me being someone, I've worked a little bit with After Effects. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the majority of my education is actually in Adobe Premiere. So I like having as much control over my my footage or my animations as possible when I do right. work with them. Um, I don't do right. too much animation as much as I just do raw footage and put things together. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just always something I'm always curious about how much control a, a, or how much capability a project ha or a, a program has for the uh, capabilities. Right. Um, well, I guess with. Um pixelated art you it is a little bit more forgiving because i don't think it's supposed to look super duper clean anyway yeah <laughs> and mm -hmm. i don't really think this is like probably made for professionals who are going to want more control than that anyway so right for yeah. my purposes it's worked fine and if not then you can like i said export the sprite sheet then mess around with it in you know an adobe uh program so yeah cool um I guess what has been the biggest, the biggest issue you've had with it? Um, I guess like for me, some of the tools aren't intuitive when you first get in there and it takes a little bit of playing around. Um, and also like, there's like this really weird issue and I don't know if it's just some settings that I have, but pretty much if I open a, a file that I was previously working on, it won't give me the default colors over there to the left. It'll just give me the colors that are in that current sprite so if i want to add any other colors i actually have to copy and paste it to a new um uh, a new image or a new like file i guess so 
that's a little weird. So it has like some really random bugs that I've kind of like kind of learned to deal with anyway. Mm -hmm. That does kind of make the process a little bit more complicated because you have to do that like extra step. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, overall, like I said, it suits my own purposes. But at the same time, it is kind of wanting me to... Obviously, I wouldn't use this for, like, 2D animation because it doesn't have, you know, enough bells and whistles for that. So, um, but it kind of has given me, like, oh, okay, well, now I can kind of understand what will happen if I draw this on this layer, then move this around, you know. So, I kind of have the foundation knowledge of animation to move forward and feel a little bit more comfortable with an Adobe program. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm still incredibly nervous to, you know do anything more than this because i'm still learning this as a program but yeah yeah <laughs> so in terms of your game dev project i mean have you how has this worked out for you guys has it kind of met your needs and gotten you guys where you need to be or um... um well for the game dev uh the project that I've mainly made characters with this on is the game the mobile game uh that I've worked on for my school's game dev club. Um, and unfortunately <laughs> they ended up not liking the pixelated art style. So they ended up not going with that. But after I had already made all these sprite sheets and character designs in 8-bit. So weirdly enough, they ended up um, using the, my character designs because they liked the character designs, but had another artist um, redraw them in a 2D style. And it's kind of funny and ironic because they actually haven't uh, progressed in that game process at all since school let out because the animation's taking too long and i'm just like i told you we should use sprite sheets in 8-bit though you know so <laughs> um so a little the, the group is a little over ambitious there but it, <laughs> it pretty much the, it, um one of the guys in the club actually did take my sprites and make like a little animation i think in like an adobe program i think with like the shooting stars meme or whatever mm -hmm. you know so they were like where someone else was able just to take my sheets and plug it into their own so that was like kind of comforting to know so it did suit the purposes but it ended up not being in the final project because there isn't a final project yet so i don't know <laughs> um but it has kind of made me want to take my own characters and my sprite sheets and make my own uh kind of side project just so i can see them in action so Cool. Yeah, and the uh, the store or the the their website does have like a lot of different um, little mini tutorials there. So mm -hmm. very nice. Yeah, there's the onion skin. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I guess I have another question. How many mm -hmm. do, are there plugins available for this or anything like that? Like, is it how open is it to other? Um, tools that third party developers can come into? Because you know, uh, if like it's... if you're you know, if you're someone that works in Audacity, there's a bunch of plugins you can get in Audacity. You know, mm -hmm. GIMP and, you know, all the Adobe programs, different, you know, different plugins and stuff like that that you can use to, uh, you know, just different tools. Get different tools and help create, you know, things in different styles. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not sure. Um... I'm looking at an article right now and it's basically just saying that we should be able to create extensions for this program, but I guess that means that they can't. So I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not seeing anything about extensions on mm -hmm. it. Um, let's see. 
Yeah, it seems like anyone who's wanting to uh, go through the trouble of making extensions for this program are just using a little bit more of a uh, sophisticated program for it. Mm -hmm. So kind of comes back to the um, point that, you know, this is really, I guess, as basic as you can get. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything about that. Um, yeah, it's it, kind of uh, like, a, like a bare bones sprite work. Program. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I see on Twitter... Um, June of last year, someone uh, asking the Ace Bright official Twitter, um, asking, is this game going to support whole plugins eventually? And then they said, we'll see in the future what extensions can provide at the moment. This is the roadmap. And it's basically just linking back to that original article saying what they already offer in the program and what they're wanting to do eventually, mm -hmm. but not yet. So, yeah. Got it. Yep. I think I've had all my questions answered on this particular program. Yeah, I think I'm good. Yeah. Okay. So there were two things I wanted to talk about. And I'll let you guys kind of decide which one we're going to go with based on how long or how fun that particular uh, topic sounds to you guys. So the first topic I had in mind was uh, tabletop gaming on a budget and um role playing on a budget i know spec you've played some dungeons and dragons i play dungeons and mm -hmm. dragons ren has very minimal experience with it <clears throat> yeah um, uh <laughs> not <laughs> almost uh and then the other one was it came out today the ign had to take down the review of dead cells after a smaller channel called boomstick um claimed that they plagiarized them so I'm going to leave it up to you two. Which do you guys want to talk about? Which one sounds a little bit more interesting to you right now? Or which one do you want to, uh, or maybe for the sake of time or whatever you want to get into first? I mean, um, either or for me, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'll let, I'll let Rin uh, take the wheel oh. here. You know, let me just pass it over because, oh. you know, you're, you're the one that might need to <laughs> uh, get into tabletop, you know, so. Oh, man. I've already well, spent too much money. It's too late for me. <laughs> well, I know absolutely nothing about tabletop anything. So we could talk about that if you want. Um, I'm not super surprised about the review problem. I feel like that probably is something that honestly, I feel like that happens a lot, but like it just doesn't get talked about or found out in the first place. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, that's kind of where I'm at on that. Because honestly, like... Putting putting in like your own two cents into a review actually takes a lot of work, especially if you're going to be writing it out and like publishing it or like making a video about it. So mm -hmm. I can definitely see people trying to get on that bandwagon, a hundred percent. Yeah, but uh, well, yeah. in I think we've kind of learned here how hard it is to actually review games. How ramble yeah. in the in the what is this our fifth week, fifth week doing this show in this iteration? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In my maybe eighth week in the first iteration, but our, mm -hmm. you know, uh, reviewing games are, is actually kind of hard. Uh, yeah. You know, I can definitely, like, I've had the temptation to just watch people review games and then come up with something, you know? And not to say yeah. that that's what necessarily this IGN writer did, but. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure he probably checked and saw what other reviewers were writing. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I, I personally, even when, like, when I've been reviewing certain things, I tend to, like, watch other reviews, too, just to, like, see how they, like, tend to describe it. 
in case if I'm an idiot and I just don't know like the right wordage of like how that would possibly work. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so yeah, I can understand it. I don't, I wouldn't have a problem with it if they weren't getting paid for it, mm -hmm. but they are. So that's like, that's the only thing that's just like, dude, come on, man. You can do a little bit better than that. At least, like, you use your actual own words instead of, like... Because I believe I read a little bit of it. It was, like, 80%, like, plagiarism. Nice. He used, like, a little bit of his own wordage, but, like, it was the same thing. <laughs> it was just like, okay, all right. Yeah, it's, like, in the same order. The videos are almost the same length. Yeah. Um, yeah, so videos are, like, the same length just about uh mm -hmm. same order like they took the same outline essentially and then some of the phrases are like really 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 similar if not almost exactly the same yeah mm -hmm. um yeah it was ig so the writer for ign was philip Musin, m-i-u-c-i-n and then the okay. uh the person for boomstick did a side-by-side -side comparison uh, earlier and then IGN took down uh, their their review of the game um, uh, today saying they're investigating uh, but there is a cash version of the video so you can watch them I watched them both and yeah they were really close gotcha <laughs> so um... yeah Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like this probably happens a lot. That's kind of like the thought when I think about this. It's kind of like the same thing that we were talking about a few weeks ago when we were talking about the Amazon thing and like mm -hmm. um, what the person trying to sell Frostpunk for like $3. I feel like that this kind of stuff probably happens all the time. And I feel like it should be brought to light. Mm -hmm. Either Either it should be brought to light or just dealt with immediately and then that just be the end of it. Yeah. But like... I don't know. I, I know, like, for example, lots of art gets stolen. That's very common, especially, like, emote art. Like, things tend mm -hmm. to get ripped and then, like, <laughs> stolen. I'm sure you know that stuff. Um, but, like, I don't know. I feel like this is, unfortunately, and it sounds really terrible, it's common practice, and it's a terrible common practice. But mm -hmm. I feel like it happens all the time. I feel like, if anything, it just needs to be proofread you know what i mean yeah but then again it's really hard to like proofread that because it's the internet like what it i don't know it, it's just really difficult to just feel like no i did it first i mean like yeah you have upload dates and stuff like that but like i don't know i don't know it's the internet technically two people can have relatively the same opinion it's just usually really unlikely yeah well, it's i guess yeah. right i think you have to find it too I, I don't even like, think this is necessarily that the opinions are too similar. I think it's it's the actual phrasing of the sentences. Right. Right. That's, that's the thing that stuck out to me. It was like, it's like, they took the same outline, which, okay, one could feasibly say two people could come up with the same outline for a review. Like, I'm going to talk about this, then I'm going to talk about this, I'm going to talk about this, I'm going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. I could see that. But it's the phrasing that I'm a little, like iffy on with like IGN it's like the phrasing are, is really really similar the way that the, yeah. the, their reviewer talks 
and, and mentions the mana and the system and the game, you know, being even down to like they're talking about like this and it encourages speed running. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's just too similar when I watch the videos back to yeah. back. Well, what I meant by that more so was like, because it is the internet, like, mm-hmm. it's really hard to like proof something. It really is. Unlike, unless if you're going to have proofreaders that legit just scour other reviews and see if like they're the same. Because honestly, I don't think it would have been caught if the guy didn't post a video about it. Yeah. I really don't. I think yeah. that I would have just like totally gone under the radar a hundred percent. Oh yeah. Um, well also like with issues like this and kind of, I think this also applies to kind of art theft and plagiarism mm-hmm. um, is there has to, for a situation like this to come to light, there has to be a balance, kind of like a ratio of um, the importance of the person who stole it versus the importance of the person who got stolen from right. and their influence. Because for example, there's an issue with a lot of uh, a lot of artists like on Tumblr and DeviantArt getting their art stolen a couple of years ago by Hot Topic. Like art, Hot Topic was taking their art and selling it on shirts. Mm. But no, I don't. I don't believe anything big ever came of it because I mean, like Hot Topic is obviously uh, a lot bigger than some thirteen-year-old's homestuck <laughs> fan art, right? So yeah, um, it's and that was actually what it was. Is it was homestuck fan art that got ripped from a 13 year old and put in hot topic you know so um yeah i know right (laughs) but anyway it's basically like like you said this happens a lot but i think the reason that it doesn't come to light is because that kind of golden ratio needs to be hit for it to be an interesting story because if someone small steals from someone big it's like oh come on that's obvious that you did this or if someone huge stole from someone's really tiny it's like Eh, you know, here you have some hush money. We won't do it again. Cross yeah. fingers behind bike. You know, so it's like, yeah. I think you know, with IGN, kind of, I guess, almost being, I'd, I'd say, almost like a medium influence. You know, like a lot of people know about them. You know, they're they're right. pretty big, but yeah. with something like reviews, other people's reviews being, I, I don't know. I feel like no one's like, oh, I'm a huge fan of IGN. Right? right like they're like yeah. oh i had this one reviewer that i really, really like i think that that kind of made that come to light a lot quicker i don't know if that makes sense but that's kind of like how i view it oh yeah no definitely um because the way i think of it is like a lot of reviewers that i watch are individuals like they're just one person that they do a review so i always know like what i'm getting into like mm-hmm. about their opinions of certain things right but like when it comes to something like ign it's literally just a bunch of people you could be whatever reviewer mm-hmm. i have no idea it could be like ted from accounting for all i know <laughs> but like yeah i i don't know i feel like it's just really hard to i i agree that it is plagiarism i, I want to say that right now but like i feel like it's really hard to just like find proof unless the person just calls it and they're just like no this is a fib this dude's fibbing right now i made this first because obviously they're not going to say anything. And I don't think anybody's going to like look and check. Because I've ran into review sites that have literally like almost copy pasted other review sites. And it's just like, I, I'm kind of used to it, but mm. that doesn't mean it's a good thing. Right. Yeah. It yeah. almost makes me wonder do, you... because this is something, you know, I, I have kind of an older school media uh, education. Do 
some of these companies like just see other companies as like news wires where it's like oh yeah no we can just like we can take this from reuters at the ap and we can just read it on the air that's fine you know, oh i'm that, sure pay for that you know so i yeah. kind of wonder if they're just like some old school guys back it's like nah we'll be fine no one will notice nobody notices <laughs> oh, when we when we read an ap story out on the air I'm honestly sure that's probably what it's like. It's probably just like, oh, this news place reported it. Let's report it. Obviously, yeah. like that's I mean, that's the way that it works. I mean, yeah. Why else would they post anything about dead cells? Yeah, because well, like it recently got released. Sure. But like there's so much news press going about it because it recently got released. Other news places are going to be like, well, we have to do something. Yeah. Or we're like, missing out. Yeah. But like. Oh, and yeah. you were talking about that golden ratio a little bit ago, Spec. Mm -hmm. Boomstick Gaming. Um, they have just over 20K subscribers on YouTube and 134 videos. Mm -hmm. So fairly small. Yeah. I'm Not, kinda, yeah, I'm kind of shocked that it got caught, like, at that rate, to be honest with you. Because, yeah, like, I don't know, at a I've channel never... that small, I would think that it would probably just get thrown under the radar. I have never heard of Boomstick Gaming. I haven't either. Yeah, I've I was just like, okay. Boomstick Gaming, guys, get at us. Um, <laughs> uh, come on over here. We'll talk. We'll, we'll oh, hear man. you out. Apparently, I mean, everyone else is hearing you out. We'll get the scoop. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there are certainly gaming channels that are much, much bigger than that. Um, I don't. I just don't know what they're what their uh what is the word i'm looking for engagement what their audience engagement is right so maybe they just have like some really ravenous fans yeah <laughs> with, with uh you know how some smaller youtube channels just have fans with the most nastiest nastiest of teeth <laughs> and will will devour anything yeah. yeah well i guess i guess to some degree like I mean, obviously, it's a group of individuals. It's like 20,000 individual people. If one person has the right strings they can pull, and then they decide to pull it, then I guess, mm -hmm. ta-da, you got caught. Mm -hmm. but, like, Someone's verified so on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's random people, like, all the time. They're just, like, there's, there's like, the general viewer, sure. But then there's also probably, like, there's probably other news outlets that watch, like, reviewers, and they're all, like, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I really enjoy watching this reviewer. I'm sure there is. And I'm sure there was probably somebody that worked in, like, reviewing that was just like, wait, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you well, telling me that, this like... other review company <laughs> that I don't even work for is doing this? Yeah. I mean, I get something out of this at that point. Yeah. Their loss is technically my gain. So, like, I'll take it. Yeah, that also, is... Also, it just takes, like, one... Uh retweet for it to kind of start you yeah. know a chain and it's also a kind of a bit of a timing thing so mm -hmm. if it kind of you know and also it's kind of that you know the, the golden ratio as i as i was saying which is a rule that i obviously just came up with on the fly <laughs> uh, <laughs> no actually it's a hard and fast rule of the universe oh yep. you're bound to this you're bound okay to this i am <laughs> but um it also could do with you know it, the big company being so big you know they kind of have a bit of harder to fall so it's like oh oh man omg i actually know who ign is they did what you know so that's yeah. also kind of like a when i a thing <laughs> when i looked up this story 
Let me see. Let me just look it up again. Forbes talked about it. Newsweek talked about it. There's a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. IGN dead sells. By the way, like, can we just take a quick second? And I, I haven't actually looked up the price of dead cells, but this is a game that I think both you, both of you would. I totally want to like. pick it up. Yeah, I, I actually was like planning on picking it up next week, mm-hmm. and then I got Monster Hunter World. Uh, <laughs> the Verge, so Kotaku, Destructoid, Neowin, Newsweek, Forbes, Screen Rant, GameBiz dot uh, or GameIndustry dot Biz, IGN, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's uh. Quite a few, I mean, quite a few, like The Verge and Forbes and Newsweek. You know, those are yeah. some pretty big names that we're reporting on this. Mm-hmm. Now, the real question is, are any of these people plagiarizing other people? That's the real question. <laughs> I could totally see that, to be honest. 100%. I could definitely see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, my, oh, the irony. That would be too good. Meta. X-Files thing <laughs> plays. Oh, oh man. man. Apparently, the up, or the writer got fired. Hmm. So, oh. From what I'm like, it's it's a really recent post, but I see that they got fired. Oh, jeez. Maybe the... you shouldn't have played the rest. Does it feel bad, though? Yeah. That's like... That's like the the people who you know would like write a script in my you know script writing classes and then be like right totally ripped that off somewhere didn't you <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i mean anything else about this just the fact that yay got caught <laughs> yay people noticed and and called ign out i mean Really, the only thing you can do about this is, like, if you know something like this is happening, you have to say something. Because yeah. nobody else, like, chances are nobody else is going to say something. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, if you don't say something, then that's just, like, yeah, it, it's probably going to go by. But, like, I don't know. I think the way that that guy handled it, like, if you're a reviewer or something like this and this happens, please post a video. Yeah. <laughs> post a video with, like, your opinion on the matter. And just be like, yo, these are like the two videos side by side. Come on. Yeah, uh, man. OBS is free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah record, exactly. Literally record your screen. Yeah. With the two videos right by side, side by side. Yeah. It's just like things like that. It's like nobody's going to believe you usually face value. Usually. If it's, like, something big, like, say this one might, maybe, like, if they had a lot of Twitter presence or something like that, a lot of social media presence, and they didn't have proof, they probably still could, like, say it, and then it would probably have some meaning. But, like, having proof and posting the proof is going to guarantee, like, a lot better results than just Mm -hmm. being like, well, shit, dude, it stole my content. Now what do I do? Because it's like, I don't know. I feel like probably a lot of reviewers just don't say anything and are just like, no, it happened. Well, it feels bad. It's like, no, <laughs> no, please. Man, I don't know. I think it's like the same way in the art spectrum, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it is. We're like the art spectrum. Ha ha ha. Sorry. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, well, another topic for another time, but I have done serious stuff on both ends. I've been accused of stealing stuff, and I've been stolen from, you know, mm. so there's definitely a conversation there, but... It's, yeah. it's kind of like the difference between basing something off something and then straight up tracing it or recoloring right. it, you know, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. honestly, I don't think it would have been that much of a problem. Like, if you have a very, like, if it's crunch time, your IGN boss is breathing down your neck, you know, you gotta have, you know, a review, then honestly, I feel like at least I am good enough at BS just to be like, all right, so I really agree with this review that I need to do my own review. I feel like that was almost just like totally lazy and dumb, like didn't think that they'd get caught because um, I feel like it would have been uh, like, even if it's in, like, you know, this is, this is my thoughts, totally in my own words. Then be like, even if you need word count or some time, be like, well, so-and-so, and their review said this, you know, like credit them, you know, if you need yeah. to use their wording, yeah. like that would be fine. And you Honestly. can get that time and uh, not get in trouble. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But... Yeah. No, I 100% agree. I, only... I feel like I entirely understand like checking out a video and being like, I agree with this review. I'm going to write something similar. I'm going to talk like somewhat the same way, kind of. But I'm not going to literally, like, I'm going to use my own words. Like, I'm right. not going to do, like, 80% plagiarism. I'm going to, like, <laughs> I'll find a way to BS my way through it. I feel like this person just fundamentally missed a good part of writing a report, which is no one has said it better than, <laughs> right? Right. As somebody, <laughs> I have had to write a lot of reports. I've had to, you know, as everyone else has. In their college mm -hmm. career, one of the best things you can do to offer citation with some flavor is to say the best way of explaining this is to look at the, what this person says. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah, you, absolutely. You not only do you add a bunch of words, yeah, but you get I feel your like citation that... out of the way. <laughs> oh man, yes. I feel like just a citation honestly would have helped that so much. Mm -hmm. Like that would have made this a much, <laughs> this much smaller problem for the dude that's now fired. Yeah, it would have been like, like well, literally you... just you put in a YouTube yeah. link. That's, <laughs> that's I feel all like... you have to do. I feel like there's like a, oh. there's like a specific part, and I feel like if you just said, and I can't really think of any better way to say this, so I'm gonna borrow something from Boomstick Gaming. This would have been a non-story. <laughs> this would have been the right. most nonniest story of non. Yeah, yeah. Well, people are dumb. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. much True. it. People are dumb. People are Basically. Dumb. And people in media oh, are man. dumb. <laughs> people in media it's... are dumb. <laughs> yeah. They are very, very dumb. Oh, man. Um, so, we're kind of done with that topic. Mm -hmm. We got some time left. Let's talk about um, tabletop gaming on a budget. Because I am <clears throat> looking at uh, soon, I'll, I might review a game called Challenger, a new system. Not new, it's been around for a while, called Challenger. It's an open source, free-to-play role-playing system, tabletop role-playing mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. um, but I kind of got inspired to talk about this topic a while ago when talking to uh, Darkside. 
another streamer who I play quite a bit with and has been very, very kind to me. Um, Get your booty popping. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, he made a joke saying if he got back into Dungeons & Dragons, because he played with, like, second edition, you know, he bought so many minis and books and sets of dice that he would go bankrupt. So I kind of know, I'm like, can we talk about how does one do role-playing games without spending much money? Because borrowing. <laughs> borrowing. Well, like, for, for sure, like, books are expensive. Wizards, Wizards of the Coast make it a point to come out with what? Like, a book a year, almost? Mm -hmm. And those books are easily $30, $40. Um, and so if you want, like, a complete set for for Dungeons and Dragons and they're still, you know, 5e. I mean, the you have to get the player's handbook. If you're a DM, you need to get the monster manual and the dungeon and you probably should get the dungeon master's guide unless you've DM'd for a very long time. Um and then there's Volo's guide to monsters and then there's Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes and then if you want other sub races and subclasses and stuff like that and then you probably want to get um, oh god, what is it? Spec, you might need to help me out here. Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> it's not Bolo's Guide. It's... Fuck, why am I blanking? Morton Kings was the newest one. 5e books. Let me look it up real quick. <clears throat> well, okay, I just actually, when I was looking up, um... The complete sorcerer's ring bundle for ebooks. Oh no, wait, that's that's not Dungeons and Dragons. Never mind. I thought that was the name of the pack. Um, Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Mm. Okay, so like, let me just look at this real quick. Xanathar's Guide for a hardcover is thirty-two dollars. Monster Manual is twenty-eight dollars. Dungeon Master's Guide is thirty dollars. Player's Handbook is 27, and Volo's Guide is 27, Mordenkins is 28. Those are all for the hardcover. That's not even for the modules. And they come out with a module every year. So they actually come out with like two uh, books a year for Dungeons and Dragons, just about. Mm -hmm. um, and that's expensive <laughs> to get all those books. And at least three of those, if you're a dungeon, if you if you're the one that gets stuck playing Dungeon Master like I do, you have to buy all of those books. Or at least three of those books. In addition to, like, third-party books like uh, Tome of Beasts from Cobalt Press. So, and that's that's even assuming that you're not going to be playing with minis. Because a lot of people, because Dungeons & Dragons was born out of uh, wargaming, you know, you like, Risk, but even more so, you know, hardcore... Um, I was just kind of, I, I kind of wanted to talk this out and see what you guys had for ideas. You know, 3D printing is a thing now. So minis, mm -hmm. I, I can see being a lot cheaper. Um, mm -hmm. th it doesn't seem like Wizards wants to sell that many eBooks. There is D&D Beyond, but you, you know, but the price is still the same, which is fine, you know. You're getting all the content and you're allowed to play the game. Um, yeah, just kind of was curious. You know, with, with technology 
coming. What do you guys think that means for tabletop gaming? And what are some cost-saving measures you guys could feasibly think up? Spec, you might have a little bit more to say on this. Ryan, I don't know. What are you, mm. what are you thinking? Um, well, for... I guess in my own experience, I've never been the dungeon master and I don't really want to be because mm. I that's one reason, <laughs> you know. So um, I've played both at friends' houses before and I've also played at like my local comic book shop. And one thing that I think is fair that even uh, at the comic book shop, we had to pay per week that we came, right? Yeah. And um, even at my friend's house, we actually offered to like chip in if not every week like whenever a new player would join up and that would kind of help cover the cost of books and stuff because we were like hey you know you basically are setting the stage for us so we at least want to help right mm -hmm. so maybe you know if that's something you're comfortable with talking to your friends about be like hey you know i'm thinking of starting this campaign maybe get everyone chip in like a couple bucks to cover you know the new book or whatever like hey i'll buy this new book if everyone chips in you know kind of make it like a a team friend thing you know mm -hmm. um i've personally never really even used fancy figures we've used stuff like pennies before i think one time i used a ring that i literally had on my finger as a game piece you mm -hmm. know so even though that that's fancy that's a very extra thing that i don't really think is required so i guess mainly just stick to the basis or basics and you know i guess make sure your dm isn't duck paying for everything because that that suck that would really suck yeah. <laughs> you know so that's from like a player's point of view um but you know i don't know like i said i've never been the dungeon master so i i don't, I don't know if that's even a feasible that fixes everything you know yeah. so well you know in in something that has come about with technology or that has you know been uh kind of a godsend is um like uh, tools like Tabletop Simulator um, and Roll20. Mm -hmm. Mostly those are uh, those are used for long distance. You know, I have a friend that lives, you know, six hours north of me. I have uh, one, one of the people on my stream uh, who plays uh, with us is in Montreal. Um, you know, I have another friend that's across my state. Mm -hmm. on the exact opposite side of my state. So using Roll20 and Discord together makes it uh, really easy to, you know, play together. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, it, those systems don't really work well when you're together. Um, so I was just kind of curious if you guys had... Um, if you guys knew of any other systems like that, have you ever tried to use... Um, uh, gosh, I'm think I am blanking out right now. Um, tabletop sim. Um, I haven't used it. Uh, when we had a long distance player, we literally would just Skype with them mm -hmm. and have them at the head of the table and roll for them. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, that's my only experience with having a long distance player. So I haven't mm -hmm. used any of the online resources, but yeah. I, I definitely really like that idea. Yeah, honestly, my experience with tabletop, I have played 20 minutes of D&D. So <laughs> this is this honestly, this is like unfound territory for me. 
Very so, much uh, so. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I somewhat know what we're talking about. I do know what Tabletop Simulator is. Mm -hmm. And I could take a guess as to what Roll20 is, but I don't know for certain. Yeah, so, so. Roll20, it's a virtual, it's it's a web app. I don't think they have an, uh, a downloaded client or a client or anything like that. Um, so everyone loads up into a game room and mm -hmm. they um, they can control tokens and stuff like that and the DM can draw on the map. Everyone can draw on the map, but, you know, you, you make the map and, and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it the Roll20, and it has a, its own VoIP system. You can make it so that it has its own, like, uh, audio player so you can play music in it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also... And you can make, like, you know, sound effects like, you know, magic bushes and stuff like that um, to create more ambience. Uh, I haven't really used Tabletop Simulator for much other than card games. Um, mm -hmm. There is a story, I'm not proud of it, where I got <laughs> into a yelling match with my friend uh, because we disagreed on a Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> somebody loaded in all of the Yu-Gi-Oh cards into the tabletop sim and oh my God. we were arguing for like 15 minutes like a literal a literal yelling match and then oh. we realized we were arguing over the wrong card because they had really incredible similar names and then i still didn't want to give up <laughs> <laughs> I, still, I still didn't want to lose oh my god oh man <laughs> so I, I still didn't want to lose so i just kept arguing <laughs> flip the table in the sim and then oh no out. i'm not <laughs> proud of this story <laughs> it's just funny it is funny oh um, man that's good um also kind of i just randomly remembered this uh a little while ago i me and my friend kind of wanted to do a little bit of kind of like a tabletop role play kind of experience but mm -hmm. you know it's not as fun with just two people <laughs> so actually uh world of warcraft actually has a chat um dice roll thing so you can actually do tabletop style adventures with multiple people and use your actual avatars as game pieces so we actually would have like themed nights because i think the most we ever got in a night was like three or four of us but pretty much one person would like scout out an area in the map, usually without a lot of other players in there. And then would have like a turn-based uh, role play adventure instead of like an actual, you know, get XP type night, you know? So that was really fun, but you know, obviously that's kind of limited to what WoW can offer, mm -hmm. but you know, it was still kind of, you know, it felt like a little bit more of a hangout night than, Hey, let's just go grind and get XP, you know? So so, yeah. you know, some people might not like that as much, but, you know, we did that like once every week or once every other week and it was fun. Um, but obviously this is made specifically for a tabletop experience online. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and that's just like another one I randomly thought of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And well, and I've kind of also seen like with tools like Roll20 and Tabletop Sim, um, and I mean, there are some bots in Discord too, where you know I am in a D and D, um, a D and D server where they're you know doing looking for group and stuff like that. But there's a Roll Twenty forum, and um, there is a 
looking for group D&D or RPG section of Reddit, too. That's uh, actually pretty nice. Um, using mm-hmm. those have, like, mitigated, like, a lot of, like, travel time and stuff like that. Because, you know, if you have friends or, you, you know, you don't have to go to the comic book store and then feel guilty about not buying something at the store, like, ever. <laughs> I don't go to my local comic <laughs> book stores because I've bought, like, one pair of dice, which are right here. The only thing I've ever bought at a comic store. Um, $5. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I always feel guilty going into the, going into them and be like, yeah, I don't actually, I just plan on looking at the Morden Cadence while I go and buy this on (laughs) Amazon, maybe. (laughs) I just want to see, I just want to see the book for, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Um. But I'm, I'm actually interested. I, I really do want to try this new system. Why do I keep saying new? It's been around forever. Called Challenger. And there's a bunch of other systems, you know, Call of Cthulhu, Pathfinder. You can go back Pathfinder and play. Pathfinder I played. Oh, yeah. I haven't played Pathfinder. I've looked at it. Uh, I know it's it was based on D&D 3.5, but they expanded it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. No, I think soon. I've put it out to a group about uh, doing a challenger, like, one-off just to see how the game plays because it has a pretty different system in terms of combat. Um, It's not the regular AC, you know, meet or exceed. It's like if I hit, they miss. And if I miss, they hit me situation. So combat is, like, twice as fast. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, and I was re- I, I tried to read through the rule book the rule book because it, it's open source and it was done by one guy it it's very difficult to read because there's a lot of like there's some like tangential stuff in it it's like so for like one class one class was called the henchman he's like I don't in like the flavor text he's like I don't know why anyone would want to play a henchman but somebody asked me I'm like that wasn't I'm trying to read through this entire chapter just to see what everything is here. I'm like please keep it to pertinent information. <laughs> yeah. And like there's like and, and there's like a I guess a race that he has is aliens is like aliens are typically green little weirdos. I'm like you can just say they're from like a different planet and they have esoteric languages and act act abnormal from you know humans or whatever so it's been a it's been a chore trying to get through this book and learning all the rules and, and being ready for it to even try to dm a game mm-hmm. that's what i'll probably end up having to do unless somebody in this discord steps up and is like no i'll dm this challenger you know game for you that's not a problem i hope someone does that <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I i very very rarely get to play p uh player character so very rare so yeah i i mean i i've i've never really played with minis and i'd like to play with minis but they're so fucking expensive and i just i am looking forward to the day when 3d printers aren't super expensive so i can just make all my stuff yeah because i think the do- corridor digital guys when if you guys don't know who they are they they are like a film group on youtube they make PUBG videos and stuff like that Mm-hmm. Um, I think they have made stuff with their 3D printer for D&D, too. So that's something that kind of excites me is, like, 
I won't have to buy minis anymore. <laughs> or, <laughs> Hopefully. Or, you know, I can make oh, a man. mountain and not have to, like, try to hobble together, like, a map if that's going to be a thing. Yeah. But, oh, man. Yeah. That's kind of it. That was kind of all I wanted to talk about. Like, just some things I'm excited for and to kind of, like, look out or try out. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I. Spec. I wish I had more to say. I don't know anything. About yeah, this stuff. I, like I said, I've never been the DM before, so I don't really know about it from that point of view. I just yeah. would show up on Tuesday nights with ten bucks and some takeout and play, <laughs> yeah, and leave. <laughs> well, it's like another thing with all the books, like all the like adventures. Unless you're gonna homebrew everything, which is perfectly fine. That's actually what I love to do: is the home, you know, make up the story and make up the the locations and stuff. But, like, so Sword Coast Adventures Guide, um, Tomb of Annihilation, uh, Tales from the Yawning Portal, Out of the Abyss, Curse of Strahd, Rise of Tiamat, Horde of, Dra Horde of the Dragon Queen, Storm King's Thunder. These are all modules. Mm -hmm. um, they're all modules that are, like, canned adventures essentially or with like all sorts of other information and setting information and maps and, and like that if you were like a hardcore dnd person like that would be fine that'd be like your gaming budget but like that's expensive yeah. to, get through all, to get all those <laughs> modules and try to keep up especially if like you're a fan because dnd has multiple settings there's Spelljammer, there's forgotten realms there's eberron which they just they're starting to come out with an Eberron, or they did just come out with an Eberron expansion or module um, update for 5e. Um, which, if you guys don't know anything about D&D, Forgotten Realms is kind of like the most popular. Uh, that's where a lot of the books are based, especially especially the uh, Drist books. Um, which I only read like two of the Drist books when I was in like middle school. Mm -hmm. I was reading Aragon, and somebody had in my town they had the uh, books for I don't know like 50 cents at a garage sale um, but yeah it was just uh, something I was looking into and I'm like wow this is expensive and I want to figure out and like brainstorm some ways so anyone that's listening um, come tell us or anyone that's watching or listening uh, come tell us you know how do you guys keep gaming cheap how do you keep your uh, tabletop gaming cheap because we're just talking about role-playing games that doesn't require minis, you know. There's, you know, Warhammer, which has, like, a bunch of shit you need. You know, oh, yeah. book and figures and maps and all sorts of stuff like that. There's all sorts of things that you need for, for tabletop gaming. And I'd like to hear how people kind of keep the cost down. I don't know about you guys, but that'd be something I'm interested mm. in. Yeah, I'm scared to get into Warhammer for that exact reason. <laughs> Already got into Magic and Gathering or Magic the Gathering and kind of regret it. So, oh, I, man. you know, I thought about doing or if we were to talk about card games, but there's no way you can do card games cheap. Like nope. you have to buy the cards yep. to play the game. That's Unless you the play like Hearthstone. <laughs> that that's True. pretty much the only one. Yeah, I unfortunately, mean, there's like the uh, the dual links for Yu-Gi-Oh, but that's um, yeah, but you know, I'm not talking about like a face-to-face -face magic. The gap, you know, I'm sure there's a couple online magic systems, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure you could do it with tabletop sim. 
I don't know how legally, but um, <laughs> yeah, it just I'm just I, I was thinking about should we talk about card gaming? I'm like, there's no real way you can do card gaming cheap. Yeah, I no, I unless you have friends, unless you have really kind friends that are gonna you know let you play play some of their secondary or tertiary decks, but yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the only way is, I forgot exactly what it's called, but um, at my local shop, they do have it where you, I think, spend like $15 on booster packs or something, and then mm -hmm. you create a deck from that, and you play like in a bit of a tournament with that deck, and it's going to probably suck, but <laughs> um, they also make it where... Um, they have like these piles and boxes of cards that are like really cheap, which are probably like really crappy cards. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess it's, it's yeah. Unless you're a casual player, you're probably going to spend money now that I think about it. Cause I was just trying to think of any other ways, but you know, I'm a very casual player, but I haven't spent that much money. I've definitely spent more on dice and stuff for D and D than magic. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, I guess it depends. Yeah. All right. Anything else, guys? Anything else we want to talk about? Uh, I I'm good. I can't think of anything. Yeah, I think we're good. All right. So let's go ahead and start doing uh, our not-so-shameless plugging. Uh, Spec, you go first. Hi, I'm Spec. I make emotes and things. I also stream on the twitch.tv slash Spectissa. That's about it. What do you got? I'm a massive nerd. <laughs> yeah. What do you got coming up on uh, your channel this week? Uh, this week, I'm going to continue playing World of Warcraft because I'm gearing up for the expansion that's coming up on the 14th, and I'm super duper excited. So I'm trying to catch up on some older content and actually try out my Priest, which I have never really played a healing class before in anything, so I suck at healing. But yeah, it's fun, kind of. Not for my party mates, but I, I think it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Remember, um, I'm bad at game. <laughs> yeah, hi, that's me. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm I'm Ren. Uh, I'm also bad at games. I'm exactly like Spectissa. Exactly. <laughs> We're the same person. Um, yes. No. Uh, uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Ren147. Uh, I have a Twitter, but I barely use it. I'm trying to get better at it. Um, yeah, uh, this week I'm going to be playing... Tonight I have planned Warframe for tonight and tomorrow. And then on Thursday when it drops, I'm going to be playing Monster Hunter. So that's going to be a thing. Hopefully it's good because I've never played a Monster Hunter game in my life, so I hope that I don't regret everything. Please you know, know, you you should just like practice with some Dauntless first. Get a little bit of Dauntless in. You know, you'll understand the basics of the games. Yeah, and you know the running and stuff like that. Yeah, I actually do need to reinstall it on through uh, this computer because it's installed on my laptop, but it doesn't work on my laptop because the graphics card's dead. <sighs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much me. Hi. Bye. <laughs> um, so some things, some like housekeeping here. Uh, we are working on getting on Spotify. Um, yeah. It, so I uh, hit the app. Or, uh, doo -doo 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 -doo. I think it was last Thursday when I uploaded last, the last podcast to our host. Uh, I submitted a request to be added to the Spotify uh, directory. That'll mm -hmm. be two to three weeks. So maybe next week uh, we should be on uh, Spotify with all of our backlog. So if you're on Android and still haven't found us, I I honestly just can't find 
any way to check the Google Podcast directory to see if we're on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I honestly don't know if we're on Android or Google Podcast. We are on Apple, and we are on YouTube. Um, I went ahead and um, in the chat, the YouTube link is down there. Just look up ne- the Next to Nothing podcast, and we'll pop right up for you guys. And then uh, Twitter, we are at NTN Pod. Coming up on my channel, um, I think I might be playing some. Excuse me, uh, Siege tomorrow. Otherwise, probably Dead by Daylight or something like that. Um, Dungeons and Dragons on Sunday morning. So yeah, that is all I have to plug. You guys have anything else? Last chance. Three? No, I'm good. Two? I'm so good. One. All right. Oh! We're going to go into... Oh. 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 Someone what? said oh. No. Oh. No, that's good. No. no, you're fine. Go on. Don't, don't mess with me like that, Ren. Sorry. My bad. Um, we're going to go ahead. We're going to go host into Omniscient Gaming. Guys, enjoy the rest of your... Evening. Bye. Bye. Bye.